So, Olga, let's just wrap this up. What's the future of international law? Well, I think we're, we're facing two challenges. The first one is what we've covered so far, which is the issue of compliance with the rules of international law. As we were discussing before, there is quite a good body of law out there. The problem is sticking to it and abiding by the rules, and that goes for all states. So I think that's, that's first of the key challenges here. The second one is posed by the rising importance of non-state actors at the global scene. And we've covered some examples of that in our previous conversation. But there is even a more important point to be made here. In context of rising importance of non-state actors, shall we actually ask a question whether international law will be still relevant a decade from now? Would it still be about state-to-state affairs or rather, shall we start thinking about the reconceptualization of international legal framework? I think you're absolutely right. I mean, we're looking for improvements in the system that mean that, first of all, justice is done in terms of getting the right judgments and enforcing the law, but also that then they are upheld. So it's one thing having a decision, let's say, of the International Criminal Court, it's a whole other actually getting that enforced. So, for example, thinking about reparation to victims, for example. So we need to ensure that that actual implementation of judgments happens. And secondly, yeah, in terms of non-state actors, how do we rebalance how international law interacts Is it just about covering between states or is it between covering states and corporations? And how do you address that wicked question of terrorism? You know, and you can't hold those to account. So how do you create an international system that can deal with it? But also about how do you continue to achieve that higher purpose of international law of protecting individuals from abuses by states and indeed in this instance non-state actors as well. So how do you protect human rights and other rights of individuals and I think those are really thorny questions that we'd love to see international law develop and embrace to give us a a much more effective system. What do you think? I think you've touched on a very important point there with non-state actors and human rights protection. Let's remember that non-state actors do not bear human rights obligations. It is primary duty of the state to guarantee human rights to individuals. So for example, Rosemary, If I take you to a room and I torture you, I will not be responsible for breaching your human rights. It is a duty of a state to protect you from your human rights being violated. So I think it does not necessarily correspond with the reality. We see non-state actors being guilty of torture, rape, uh, war crimes, crimes against humanity. The whole range is out there. And to a certain extent, international law actually responded to this development. We've seen individuals on trial at international criminal courts and tribunals for these exact crimes. So I think certain steps have been made. Would you agree? Yeah, I think steps have been made, but I think further steps have to be made because it's generally accepted that there are certain individuals out there that should be being brought before the International Criminal Court but that steps are not being made to make that happen. And if we want international law to function as it's supposed to function, then it has to function for everybody rather than just for the chosen few. The Open University. For more information, go to www.open.edu forward slash iTunes U.